Say this after me. I am a speaking spirit. Ooh, Jesus. I mean, I, I, uh, hallelujah. We have been given authority. Do you agree? Okay. Well, what, have, what do we have authority over? The earth, circumstances of life. The only thing you don't have authority over is another person. Other than that, you have dominion and authority over everything. Now, I've already taught, this, taught you this lesson. But in other words, we have been authorized to speak like God on God's behalf. See, your speaking is supposed to be on God's behalf. Because you are, you are doing something in the earth that he needs done. And only words, say words, can accomplish that. But what the devil's done, the devil's done a really good trick on most Christians. He's got us become good churchgoers, but never changing in the way we think, talk, act. So we still look like the world. There's nothing outwardly different about our lives than the world's. I know this is not a traditional Mother's Day message. I have to flow with the Lord. Amen. See, as a believer, it is illegal, say illegal, to speak about the old you. The old you should only be a, a, testi a testimony, not an everyday conversation. Oh, what you talking about, Pastor Diana? Okay, let's turn to Galatians 2. When you have it, say, I have it. Galatians 2, look at verse 20. Let's look at verse 19 first. 19 and 20, Galatians 2, verse 19. Because what I see in the body of Christ is we won't get up and demand, say demand, demand. what's ours. The devil got you with your mouth closed. And then what you do say, you're scared to say it. So what's the point of saying it if it's engulfed with fear? You say something because you know it's right to say it. That's not the reason. You're supposed to say it because you believe it. Verse 19, are you there? For through the law am I am for I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So what is he saying? He said, because of what Christ did, I am dead to the old me. And that old me no longer has dominion over me. You, you, I keep reiterating these points because until we renew our minds, we're going to have issues in our flesh that we shouldn't be battling with after so many years of being born again. Because you have authority over them. But these are mind issues. He said, because the Messiah lives in me or the Christ lives in me, I died to the, the sin's dominion. I died to it. What sin going to do to a dead person? Mm. In other words, it says, my old identity has been co-crucified. Say co-crucified. Because when Jesus went into hell, guess who went into hell too? You and I. 
I died with him. I was buried with him, and I was resurrected with him, but I was resurrected unto new life. I didn't come back the same person. You got to hear this. You're not the same person anymore. Put your hand on your head and say, I received this. Because a lot of times we, we, we hear things, but we don't ever accept the reality. You are not the same person anymore. Just because you got the same body, you are not the same person. Now you can take your authority and fix anything on your body. And make it look brand new, just like the new you. Ooh, Jesus. So I was co-crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. So his new life is all that's supposed to be shown through me. That's all I'm supposed to display now is his new life. So the goal is to keep working until I look, act, and talk just like him. Do y'all hear that affirmation in there? I am identical with Jesus. I look. I act and I talk just like him. See, I got my affirmation right out of the word. And things respond to me the same way that they responded to Jesus. Why? Because I'm in Jesus and Jesus in me. I'm no longer the person I used to be. I'm dead. That person is dead. That person is dead. That person is dead. It is gone. But if I keep concentrating on that person, I keep them present in a, new, in a new life. It's like a bad relationship. The person going and you just can't seem to get over it. So I am not living in or depending on the old me. Because in the old you, you depended on your flesh to get anything done. You can't do that in this new you. You're not supposed to be depending on you. Ooh, Jesus. You are not supposed to be depending on you. You're supposed to discover the, the, everything that's been provided and depend on your Lord, who is Jesus. He says, because I take care of you. Ooh. Anybody ever had their... Uh, Driver's license expired. So my old identification has expired. It is no longer valid. And I'm trying to use something that's no longer valid. You can't keep trying to use the old you to accomplish spiritual things because it has expired. Once you got born again, the old you expired. It's not valid. Say it's not valid. It has nothing to do with the new you. Ooh, Jesus. Therefore, I must learn deliberately the ways of this new life that's in me. So then my quest is supposed to learn, to sit down and learn and allow, say allow, myself to discover allow myself to learn that means I got to put myself in a posture where I'm learning every day you can't learn this life 
in a cram session. It's an everyday, it's an everyday discovery. I must accept, say I must accept, and begin to submit to the revelation that my new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. That's the only thing that's empowering my new life is faith. So what we have done, we have neglected faith when that's how you stay alive. Everything in the kingdom runs on faith. And that's the subject we know the least about. You that got those nice expensive cars, there are certain kind of gas you can't put in your car. It just won't make it run right now. You can drive it, but it's going to eventually ruin the engine. And then when you want to hit the... The, the pedal, and it won't get the momentum that you said, but I thought it's supposed to drive this fast. It won't go there because you got the cheap gas in it. So when you're going to discover that you're destroying what is something, started out to be something good, and what we're doing, we're destroying from the inside out because we won't discover and get our mind renewed and learn about faith. We're taking too long, and you hear a lesson like this, and then you go home and you put it down, and you don't hear it again until you come back next Sunday. When you should take this and go home, go back and look at this lesson again and again and again. Go back and look at Pastor DJ again and again. Why? Because you're growing, and you need to eat a certain kind of spiritual diet until your mind is renewed. What I find babies are trying to channel too many voices in their lives, but you're not being fed that way. Oh, you get excited, but it does not take root. You need a steady diet of what's going to bring faith into your life. And then you can get a little sweet on the side. Well, let's get your mind developed first. But I got to start with accepting and submitting to the revelation that my new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Wait, so wait, wait, wait. So in other words, Jesus is expecting to live through me. Absolutely. Mm. Got quiet, didn't it? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Jesus is expecting to live through you and I. That's the only way he's going to be seen in the earth. When he was here, he was the only one. He had disciples, but they weren't born again until he died and gave his life for them. He empowered them to do certain things. They did things based on his word when he was in the earth. And they came running back and said, oh, the demons did such and such in your name. He says, no, don't rejoice at that. Rejoice that your name is written in heaven. <laughs> Ooh. Second Corinthians chapter 4, look at verse 13. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. 
knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. So in other words, I have the same spirit of faith that's described in the scriptures. Okay. It says, I have the same faith, say the same. Not a different faith. Listen, this is not a different faith. It's the same spirit of faith that Jesus walked in. He didn't give you anything less or anything greater. It's the same. But the same spirit of faith that is described in the scriptures. So if I am full of faith, then there should be speaking going on. Mm. I don't mean conversations with people. There should be speaking going on. I should be rearranging and changing my environment with my words if I'm full of faith. I should be changing something about my environment because I'm full of faith. Ooh. And faith demands speaking. There is no such thing as you're in faith and never talk. No, you got to speak. Because you got an adversary that will not let you do it. This is why, he, because he's so disobedient, you have to enforce. Because he's not going to allow you to do it on your own. You have to enforce your authority. And the only way you enforce your authority is through words. So you got to come off the quiet limb and get into the speaking. Because this is how faith works. You must speak. And if you're not willing to speak it, you can't ask for it. You can't claim it if you ain't willing to. If you ain't willing to stand up in faith for it, don't ask for it. Because it says, so if I'm full of faith, then there should be speaking going on. There should be some declaring going on and commanding things to line up with the will of God concerning not only my life, but my nation. I have authority to speak against what's happening in my nation. And too many Christians have gone silent. And that's why we're in the position we're in now. Because we let the devil get us with our mouth shut. And we stop talking like speaking spirits. And we get in our house and we say, ooh, that stuff sure look bad. But you ain't saying nothing that would fix it. And then don't be afraid to say what would fix it. Because the devil don't like you when you become a speaking spirit. You get up in the morning, he, he, he's scared of you. You're the only thing that God made in his image. And his ability to speak just like him. You can make a difference in your community. You can make a difference in the schools. You can make a difference on your job. But you can't be a coward and get it done. You got to open up your mouth and speak. When you go in the grocery store and you see people doing stupid stuff, you got to begin to speak to them spirits because you know it's the devil prompting them to do it. And we sit back and wait for somebody else to say something. And then we sit back and like, no, God is not pleased with that. Get up and be a speaking spirit. Woo, Jesus. And let that faith that's in you, let it loose. Because we've been commanded by Jesus, 
according to Matthew 6, 33, you don't have to turn there, verses 31 through 34, actually, we've been commanded by Jesus not to sit our hind parts home and think about us. You're not supposed to leave here and go home and make you the priority. What I'm going to eat, what I'm going to wear, these are just examples. Whew, I know I got to go to the doctor tomorrow. But you ain't saying nothing yet. That's going to change what's happening to you. We just give the devil a free hand. And then we try to react after he's already acted instead of us putting him on the run and commanding him to loose my kids, loose my loved ones. I command you to let them go. See, you have that kind of authority. I command peace in my house. This is a house of God. We ain't having that mess in here no more. I put you out. I evict you now in the name of Jesus. See, the blood purchased my authority. And if I don't use it, I get everything that I'm supposed to get because I'm not using it. What's happening in your environment can be changed with your words. Mm. So Jesus commanded us, he said, don't go home and sit down and try to figure out your life because your life is hid in me. I said, your life is hid in him. My life is hid in Jesus. Therefore, I don't have any issues. I don't have to consider what I'm aware, where I'm going to stay, what I'm going to drive, if there's going to be enough gas, if there's going to be enough food. That's not your, that's not your job. When are we going to learn that, Christians? That's not your job. But we have made that the majority of our Christian world. Trying to get something to eat, trying to have something to wear, something to drive, somewhere to stay. And we have limited all this power that's sitting inside of you, waiting to go to work. And the kingdom of darkness over there just laughing at the church. Man, that makes me angry. You know, the devil laughing at us. Makes me angry. But we let him do it. Because we want to take the easy road. We, we, don't, we, don't, want, we don't want to stand out. We're going to blend. You're going to lose blending. We're not designed to blend with the world. Oil and vinegar don't blend. This anointing don't blend with the mess of the word. It just won't work. And you got to stop trying to make it work. It just won't work. Because, see, Jesus already know what you have need of. And since he already know what you have need of, he know when to give it to you. Stop acting like you're a beggar with no cause and nobody to help you. Because mm. in, in chapter, in verse 34, he told us, he says, uh, one translation says, so forsake your worries. Why, why, why are you going to sit down and worry about what you're going to eat? Because that's what it is. When you sit down and you're thinking about it, uh, you're looking at your bills and you're looking at your money and you said, okay, I got more bills than I got money. Okay, what am I going to do about it? Here, Jesus. 
I ain't trying to figure that stuff out. You said you take care of me. Here, Jesus. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to do all I know to do in the natural, and I'm going to depend on him for the rest. I'm just going to depend on him. He's going to tell me which one to pay, what to leave alone, that kind of thing, and he'll know how to do it. And I mean, I ain't never seen it fail yet. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bed worrying about anything. Jesus is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack anything. We got to get that into our hearts and our minds. Reroute your thinking. The Lord is your shepherd. You ain't broke. You're not sick. You're not hungry. You're not destitute. You're not desperate. You're ignorant. You don't like it. Do something about it. Just plain long ignorant and you're stubborn. Because you like it the way you like your people. I find out people like complaining. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. But people like complaining. If they don't have something to complain about, that is not normal. It just can't be sunshiny. Even on a rainy day. I get up every day and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. And because you made it, Lord, it's a good day. And it's a victorious day. I don't care if it's sun shining or raining. Because what God want to do, the weather don't count. Hallelujah. Are y'all learning this morning? See, Jesus said, I will take care of you. Come on, say, Jesus is taking care of me. Now, what part of that you don't understand? How many ways do I need to say it before you understand? Jesus takes care of you. But you got to learn how to depend on him. And that means I got to reorder my mind that when I go to deal with bills or situation, I'm not supposed to sit down and worry about it because Jesus is taking care of me. Because the old me is dead. I don't have nothing to consider in that way. Woo. Look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 14. And let's look at what Apostle Paul said. Philippians chapter 1, verse 14. He said, there was some stuff going on. Are you there? Verse 14, and many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. What is he saying? He says, what I'm going through has actually caused some believers to get a backbone. And began to speak boldly. What's happening in our nation should have given some Christians some backbone. And began to push against the, the darkness and the evil that's taking place in our nation. Instead of crumbling under it, we should have got up and spoke like a speaking spirit. I command you in the name of Jesus. And God is cleaning. Look what we see. These are birthing pains. Come on, say birthing pains. Don't you get alarmed or afraid of what's happening in our nation. God ain't through with America. Yes, excuse my English. God is not finished with America. But you got to speak words of faith because it's our faith fused with the faith of God that's going to draw into your environment and my environment environment what we need in this time of change you can't talk like the world you can't promote the world system and get God in on the scene 
Mm. You can't go home and make the 6 o'clock news your Bible time. And you know more about the 6 o'clock news than you do the word. You know, even in my area, because I live, my house is on the water. They called me and said, uh, and I mean, I'm not against people warning you and stuff like that, but they, they could have kept that phone call telling me there's a severe thunderstorm. The news said a tornado. The phone call from the city said thunderstorm. Now, who's right? <laughs> you know what I did? I spoke the word. I prayed over my community. And guess what I did? I took a nap. And then I made it official. I got up and got in the bed. And listened to the rain. And then I was snoring. And the rain was listening to me. Because I'm not going to be afraid. I could have taken this down. Ooh, ooh, a tornado coming our way. Anybody hit my house and taken the roof off. But everybody would have been spared because my words draw unto me what I am experiencing. Mm. Apostle Paul said some people actually got bolder as a result of him being in prison. And uh, he said he said because they mistreated him in, in, in Philippi. They did him a lot of mess in there. He said but he said, he said what I'm going through actually caused many believers to become even more courageous in the Lord. And to be bold and passionate to preach the word of God. All because of my chains, he said. So when are we going to get on the right ship? <laughs> and start talking like a speaking spirit. You can't become bold. You can't be afraid. Because let me tell you something. Only the courageous going to stay alive in this battle. Mm. Find your backbone. Go ahead. Feel back there and say, oh, yeah, I still got a bone. <laughs> Find that backbone and become bold. Hallelujah. How many of you out there looking online, you need to find, the, you need to find your backbone and come against the evil that's in the nation. Stop talking to somebody that's about to do something. Make your words count. Get ready to close. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I'll be closing in just a minute. I'm like Pastor Privet. You ain't got nothing else to do. <laughs> I love that man. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Him and Pastor Barbara just, they're, they're so wonderful. Mother's Day, Pastor Barbara, in case you look at this service today. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. For yourselves, brethren, know our interest in unto you, that it was not in vain. But even after that, we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated. As you know, at Philippi, see, I told you, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. He said, you're not going to speak this gospel without being opposed. So don't think you're going to go out there and be missionary, something, 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 and ain't nobody going to oppose you. You're not supposed to think like that. 
You're supposed to know that as a military soldier, you got an enemy. And that he's going to oppose you. You're not supposed to have the mindset that when I go, everybody's going to accept me. No. That's not the issue about who's going to accept you, who's not going to accept you. The, the point is, you get out there and promote the gospel. And you can't always, see, technology is good, but technology can destroy people. Because it don't give you nothing to aspire for. Because you can hit a button and get it. And it's not, the, it's not the best way to win people to the Lord. Nothing like that one-on-one. Ooh, Jesus. For our ex, verse 3, for our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile. But as we were allowed, say aloud, of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak. See that speaking? Not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. So in other words, he's saying that, he says, we, we did something not because we were trying to please men. Now that word allowed means approved or authorized. He said we were authorized to speak this gospel. You got to know that you are authorized. You're not just talking on your behalf. You are authorized by the kingdom of heaven to speak on behalf of the kingdom. And what you say, according to the will of God, God will back it up. And he, will, he says, I'm watching over my word to do what? To perform it. But somebody got to be speaking it so it can be performed. He's watching over so he can do it. If you release it through the words of faith, he will do it. It's not on you to perform a miracle. It's not on you to get somebody born again. He says, I'm watching my word to perform it. But if you will be bold enough to do it, I'll perform it. Mm. Therefore, our motivation to preach the gospel is not so we can just get along or please men or to follow the direction of this world twisted views, but to boldly proclaim what's right and what's wrong. This is the greatest hour of the church. We are living in the greatest hour of the church. I'm happy to be here. Because it's evil to abort babies. It's evil to attempt to take away someone's freedom of speech. I don't know how many of y'all have really grasped what they're trying to pass in this new law. California has already put in law. The governor out there put a law. that at eight years old. The child, can, they can, the child can take a shot. The child can decide to take a shot and not go into puberty until it decides what gender it wants to be. Just bypassing parental rights. But the parents going to have to do something about it. I don't know why they keep having to stay in the office. And they try and take away our freedom of speech. You got to rise up. Because, see, you say, well, it's not happening where I'm at right now. Okay. okay. It's in our nation, though. The church must rise up now. Say now. Why do I need to rise up and grow up? Because I'm a speaking spirit. With spiritual authority to fix the earth 
on God's behalf. That's why. It's not about food, clothes, and a house, and a car, and just, and just getting your kids to act right. No, you have spiritual authority to redo this whole earth. Mm. Man, we got to stop limiting God. All right, last scripture for the day. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Are you learning? Hallelujah. I may not read all of them, but I get the main ones I need. Galatians 5, 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and you ain't going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. I'm going to read it, Ebonics, if I have to, because I want you to get the point. You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusted against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led, but if you be led, but if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. If you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. So if you're not being led by the spirit, you're walking like a dead man under the law. You ain't living no better than a dead man that's still living under the law. Because anybody that's not living by the Spirit, they are already dead. Ooh, Jesus. Go down to verse 24. And they that are Christ, and they that are Christ, have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. So what this word is, is saying, I want to say read this from another translation, verse 16 and 17 in particular. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. See, your self-life trying to stay alive when it's already been crucified. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self, your old life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are yourself, life of the flesh, and the new creation, life of the spirit. So you, you're supposed to know that there is a battle. Cause not, where, is the, where is he talking about this old flesh? This, that's in your soul. Because you got remembrance of the old you in your soul. Because you, the spirit man, is not there. The old man is not there. You, you're born again. But all this he's talking about is in your soul. These are soulish problems. It says in verse 18, but when you are brought into full freedom of the spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. The cravings of the self-life are obvious. All the things that the world is doing, chasing up things instead of God, manipulating people, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions. That's what people do. They go home and this, this kind of stuff they live. I ain't talking about the sinners. I'm talking about believers. Because you're still addicted to the old you. That's because your mind 
your mind is full of the old you. And until you empty it out and put the word in there, you're going to always have these set of issues. You're going to always lust for something that you shouldn't be lusting for. But you need to correct it in your soul. Because the moment your soul get it right, your flesh don't have no problem because it's a follower. It's going to obey your soul. You tell her, no, I don't care. That's, that's a nice-looking young man. That's a beautiful young lady, but I don't need neither one of them. I got a husband. I got a wife. See, now you're training your soul to see right, to talk right, think right. Mm. Woo, Jesus. So we must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. So may we never be arrogant or look down on another, for each of us is an original. You don't have to be trying to uh, be upset with nobody, in other words, what it's saying here. Because we are all original. But we must all forsake all things that remind us of the old lust. We got we to let it go. And these are mind issues. And sometimes we make that rough because we just won't submit. But if you just go ahead and submit, change is good. I was talking to Minister Jalen the other night, and I told her, I said, I'm open for change because I, I, I'm looking for things. I want us to grow. Be better for everybody in the room. I want this church. I said, I ain't worried about being on TV just yet. If God wants us to go there, fine. That's not my priority. I want a church full of people that understand this word and can do it. I feel like I would have done God the greatest service is to present back to him a congregation that he can use. Because I know y'all don't get the room full. Sheep beget sheep. Shepherd don't have sheep. That's just a freebie. In case y'all waiting on a program that made the church grow. You make the church grow. Growth is in you. Come on, stand to your feet.